The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by TheGorillaPosition.com, and a proud part of the Roar Network. Presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network. Now in association with NDPW.com. We are sponsored by Collar and ElbowBrand.com where you can get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. And in partnership with Phoenix at FNXFit.com where you can get 15% off all your health supplements when using promo code TBTalkPod. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter by searching at TBTalkPod. Listen on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcast, CastBox, Spotify and all those other podcatchers. And now, here are your hosts, Big Joe and Carl Carafel. Big Joe, what's going on, my longtime friend? Carl surprised me with the the intro. It uh, we almost sounded. <laughs> did, did you hire Siri? I almost, almost. <laughs> uh, just a free to use app that I had that I decided, hey, I'm gonna try this out this week and see how it goes. Don Lewis, our good friend and amazing supporter of the podcast thank you for joining us here we go yeah buddy best part of the day yeah absolutely man uh, you know the week is coming gone in the world of professional wrestling and as usual before we get to our wrestling discussion i guess just kind of a brief update uh, kind of what's been going on um before we hopped on here today i, I do see that uh uh, for those who are not in Canada, specifically in Ontario, I saw that our, our premier, Mr. Doug Ford, it looks like, a, is moving Ontario into stage three um, of uh, the coronavirus or COVID-19 or whatever you want to call it. So so kind of a cool update there. We're, we're heading in the right direction finally now, I guess, <laughs> is about the best way I can kind of put it. Well, that, so. I mean, that's only for some areas. Not all areas are going into the <clears throat> stage three when it comes to this damn COVID-19. Uh, the district that I am in, at least, the Algoma district, is going to be moving into that stage on Friday, as well as Algoma Public Health for this area is now saying that masks are going to be required when entering businesses. Big Joe, on your end, uh, what's going on with the uh, with the stage three? Are you included in that your area? Um, it appears so. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I'll, I'll have to actually look into that. Uh, I mean, it's more or less kind of felt like we've been in stage three here, anyways. Uh, you know, for a good portion of time here, it's things have just kind of gone back to business as usual. Like I mentioned, when you go on the street, it, it pretty much feels like we're back to normal, except people are wearing masks. So, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. that's pretty much how it's felt for a little while. And I guess just a couple other things I want to kind of make note of before we uh, start our, our main uh, show here today. Um, for those who followed me on Facebook a little while ago, I guess it would have been sometime last week, uh, I shared out 
know, I, I had a little incident uh, applying for a radio station a while back, and then there were some shenanigans going on. I just wanted to give a shout out to everybody who kind of gave me, uh, who touched base with me and uh, kind of made me feel a bit better. Specifically, um, a very surprising one, Mr. Stevie Richards um, messaging me directly on Facebook and uh, kind of um, reassuring me and nudging me in the right direction. So thank you to, to Stevie specifically there and all those who, uh, who re- reached out to me as well. And uh, speaking of Stevie Richards, um, in talking about the Hami Media Group, um, over the last couple of days, they have crossed the 2 million download threshold over on the Han Mean Media Group. So congratulations to that group over there. And uh, some right. great, great stuff, great content. I mean, those guys are just cranking out content. So shout out to all the, the hosts, all of the, um, the producers. Uh, I've done some uh, uh, pr- producing work for them over there as well. So just, uh, yep, it's... Uh, the, they're um, a great group over there, and uh, it's very cool to kind of be uh, loosely kind of affiliated with them over there. So it's uh, some cool stuff for them, and then it, um, it's helping out everybody. So it's uh, congrats They're to them, cranking guys. out content almost daily over yeah. there. It is insane the mm-hmm. amount that they go through and do over there. Um, so for them to, to, to hit the $2 million, that is fantastic for them. Uh, that is hopes, dreams, and aspirations <laughs> that we have as well. Speaking of that, Big Joe, yeah, what do you think of uh, maybe us doing a contest, hmm. so to speak, for our fans here? What, what do you think? Uh, I'm up for that. I've actually already heard what this is, but I will let you uh, take the floor here and <laughs> let our listeners and viewers now, uh, thankfully, yes. uh, let let them know kind of what's going on with this. I'm excited about this one. Awesome. So what we're going to plan on doing here is we we just recently passed 280 fans on our Facebook page, which we are super excited about. We're looking five years going into this and we have 280 fans. And I mean, that's for some that's, that's pretty small, but for us, that's a huge accomplishment and we are super happy about that, but we want to get bigger and we need your help to do that. What we want is we want to get to 500, just 500 to start. We're already over 280. Let's get to 500. You guys help us out with that. Share out the page. Invite your friends to come and like the Turnbuckle Talk page at TB Talk Pod on Facebook. Send us a private message with your name. I mean, it's obviously going to be there, but letting us know that you have shared out the page and that you have done your part to help us out. When we hit 500 people, we are going to come back on, do another live stream, and we are going to show everybody on screen using the share screen functionality with this amazing platform, StreamYard, and we're going to choose a name out of that. The winner of that, once we hit 500 likes and members in our page, they will receive an autographed Jake the Snake Roberts photo, an 8 by 10 uh, unfortunately, I don't have any certificate of authenticity for it, but I can tell you that I witnessed him signing it when he was here in Sault Ste. Marie. As well, you will get to be a guest host on an episode of Turnbuckle Talk. So there you go, people. Share out the page. Get everybody to like it and Send us that message. Let us know that you've done your part. I'm going to keep a running tally. I'm going to keep a running note of everyone that has sent me a message to let me know that they've done their part. And I'm going to be checking 
to see if you shared it nice. because I can see, which is awesome. So we're going to be doing that. We're going to be keeping a tally of everyone. And when we hit 500 people that have liked the page, we are going to do that draw for the Jake the Snake Roberts autograph, as well as let you come on and be a guest host for the show. Big Joe, what do you think about that? That's extremely cool, man. I think that's a great incentive to our listeners and for our uh, our viewers now. And yeah, you get a chance to be part of the show. And yeah, the 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 Jake the Snake Roberts uh, autograph picture. That's pretty sweet. Uh, I believe I still have one or two here in the studio here somewhere. And uh, yeah, I can definitely vouch that, that those are completely one hundred percent legit because I was there in person as well. So uh, those are the real deal, folks. That's right. Big Joe, what have we got on the docket today? First topic we've got here, dealing with some WWE stuff. We're talking new U.S. title belt. That's right. I'm calling it a belt. Uh, For those of you who get offended by hearing the word wrestling belt, I really don't care. They are wrestling belts. I continue to call them belts. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that is the new WWE United States Championship belt here, Carl. What do you think about this sucker? Honestly, mm-hmm. I'm 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 not that mad at it. I'm actually kind of digging this championship belt, yeah. championship title, whatever you want to call it. I'm I'm honestly really digging this right now. Yes. Um, the only thing that I think I would have liked to have seen with this is up at the top there. Yeah, up at the you know up at the top, uh, uh, right up there where all the stars are. Yep. Maybe added in some blue in there. Hmm. So at the bottom, you got the red and the white ripple going in behind the eagle there. But maybe adding some blue up at the top, I think, would have really made it stand out a little bit more. Um, now, I do understand that the word champion, the big champion on it is in blue. Mm-hmm. But it kind of loses a little bit because of the uh, the gold bordering and stuff like that. And then the silver in behind. So, I mean, we're looking at dual-plated uh, gold and silver championship. But I'm digging it. I mean, yep. we're, it looks as though it's a, at least eight millimeters thick, this belt. Uh, just like FanDu Championship belts, they uh, they do eight millimeter thick belts. I've got two of their championships, and uh, I, I dig the eight millimeter, and this looks like that's what it is. Yeah, it's definitely a thick-looking belt for sure. Um, for me, when it comes to to this belt, it's not so much a, an issue with the actual belt per se. Um, my issue it may sound a little strange to people but i think it'll start to make sense when i start to talk about this here is that it kind of outshines the other championships here carl the other belts i mean it it arguably looks better than the the main championships and it it just it's it's strange because this is supposed to be quote unquote one of the mid card championship title belts, and it arguably looks more shiny, more attractive than the main championship, and you know that could be almost kind of be said for the um, just the philosophy behind the championship itself, because typically this and the intercontinental championship or continental belt however you want to word it is supposed to be the stepping stone this is where you prove your worth and your skill as a talent to be able to take it to the next level to then win the world or the main championship or or what have you but as of late um, it feels like a step down because typically what will happen is is a talent will win that main title first and then sometimes win the Intercontinental or the U.S. title afterwards, making it feel like a step down or an afterthought. I have more issue with that and that philosophy than the actual physical 
title itself. All the way across the entire city, I can already hear Don Lewis typing away. <laughs> Don, you had, uh, I'll put it back up here again. Yep. Don has a little bit of a different opinion here. He says that uh, he thinks that they dropped the ball yep. on this one. Um, I'm sure he's already typing away with an explanation. When you get that, put it up there. Send it to us, and uh, we're going to yep. put that on screen, Don. Uh, I want to I hear from you a little bit what you think on this. Uh, but Big Joe, I am definitely in a in agreement with you when it comes to um, how flashy the title is yep. itself. Um, I think that that's that's probably one of the reasons why I like it is is that it it looks flashy. It, yep. It's not just this big W that's in the center of a <laughs> yep. of a championship or the center of a belt or or whatever. Um, I like that the WWE logo is is just kind of small up at the top and they got yeah. this nice eagle that's that's spread across the championship and then the word champion itself in big letters you yeah. look at like the uh, world heavyweight and universal championship and they're tiny little letters down at the bottom are, it's yeah. the world heavyweight and universal champion it's it's unbelievable mm -hmm. that you know the I don't know how to say this, but uh, like the WWE thinking that 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 they're the only thing that matters and that their logo is the only thing that matters. It's not. No, That's it not yeah. what matters. What matters yeah. is that word champion or championship yeah. is is the wording that matters in this, not your stupid logo. <laughs> right? Yeah. I've become more and more okay with, with this actual physical belt the more I've kind of looked at it. Uh, my initial opinion was it wasn't uh, very favorable, but uh, but yeah, like I said, my issue is more with the philosophy behind the championship itself. Um, you can tell that, I mean, it, it, obviously, you know, the focus here is the, the U.S. pride here in this uh, in, in this championship, it makes me curious too. I mean, if they were ever going to come up with a with a Canadian championship, what would it would be down there? It would be like a beaver holding a hockey stick. Would that be what they have on there? <laughs> right. Right. So. Right. Like that's that seems like the mentality that yeah. they have. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the bald eagle is uh, an iconic symbol when it comes to uh, our friends down in the uh, in the U.S. of A. But yeah, uh, Don saying, yeah, I feel the same way um, as it goes. It's too pretty and it's, uh, it overshadows the main belts that are not flashy. Yep. Uh, he seems to kind of share our sentiments on that. Yes. All right. So next up here, Carl, we have <laughs> what I think is going to be kind of a strange one here, at least in, in my uh, in my brain here. We're going to be doing a match at Extreme Rules involving Mr. Seth Rollins and Mr. Rey Mysterio. And it's being coined as a eye for an eye match. What are your initial thoughts about what they are looking to do here? What? <laughs> How? That's my initial yeah. thought. How? Well, how I have are the, they going to do this? I have the I have the how, or at least theoretically uh, the how. Yes, um, I, I've I've seen some stuff too yeah. about theoretically how mm -hmm. uh, how they're going to do this. But yeah, mm -hmm. what have you heard? Well, uh, to give them a, a bit of a brief shout-out uh, again here, um, earlier this morning, I guess it would have been kind of like mid-morning or before noon, uh, listening to the, the Monday Locker Room over in the Homie Media Group of Mr. Ben Homie, uh, Ted McNaylor, and our friend uh, Mr. Rick Vickery, and they were talking about this. And essentially what the, the, the plan is here, this is going to be obviously a pre-taped um, 
segment slash show. And the idea here for the eye for an eye is that there's going to, it's going to be a combination of some CGI and some Hollywood production value here because they really want to make it look like somebody is going to actually get their eye ripped out. The problem here, Carl, with that to have some believability is that one of these two guys is going to have to go the rest of their career with one of their eyes covered. Otherwise, what are you doing? Well, I I think what it's going to come down to is (laughs) that uh, Rey Mysterio is going to lose this match and he's going to quote unquote lose an eye. And then all he's going to be doing after that is he's not going to wrestle anymore, but he's just going to manage Dominic and managing somebody with an eye or having an eye patch on. Okay, no big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but like, like to get inside the ring and, and work with an eye patch, sometimes a little bit of a different story here, right? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think that that's how things are going to go. We're going to see Rey Mysterio lose this and, and you know, CGI lose an eye and uh, then just have to wear a patch while mm-hmm. he's got his face mask or his uh, lucha mask on and uh, an eye patch. Or maybe they'll just... Uh, you know, as he's done before, cover up just that one side yeah. with uh, with something that uh, is enough see through for him, but not for uh, for anyone else looking at it type of thing. Right. You could always do that as well. Yeah. It's a strange one because, I mean, no matter which way you kind of go about this, I mean, you've kind of screwed yourself um, going with this uh, eye for an eye stipulation. Um, it's kind of a lose lose scenario um, with Seth. I mean, if you have him lose, like I said, he's like, how, I mean, how are you, you he's going to have to wrestle the rest of his career in WWE with an eye patch on. And, and you know, with his kind of move set, I mean, that loss in death perception of having one eye covered is going to cause a lot of problems with Ray. He's essentially on a handshake agreement with WWE. Now, if, if he were to go right. uh, somewhere else uh, at impact or whatnot, fans are going to be like, what the hell is going on? There's your eye. Right, so it's um, the 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 only. And this is going to sound completely ridiculous, but I'll bring it up anyways, and I'll give these guys one more shout out. The only other way I can see getting around this, uh, as per Mister Ted McNeiler, a former uh, OVW talent, fantastic. You can go see his work on YouTube. Is what they could do is since Reemster has his name printed on his his pants, they could remove the eye uh, out of his name on his pants, and then theoretically, then you could say uh, somebody lost an eye. Oh my word. <laughs> right. So you can go the pun direction if you want to be ridiculous, oh. which I mean, Vince would be pissing himself laughing probably on that one. Right. So that, that the, be, the to me, that's the only that way that you get out of that. That's the only other way I can think of that you get out of that is you go stupid, well, right? I mean, you, you could go this way as well. I mean, Don says, you know, like Dominic's going to save Ray from, uh, from losing an eye. And then that's when Dominic is going to ask him to manage him so that he doesn't get hurt anymore. Hmm. Um, what if, Rey Mysterio does win this match. And then through contact lenses, (laughs) one contact lens in the eye that makes it look as though Seth Rollins has a glass eye. Hmm. Right? Maybe, maybe that's about the only other way that I can that I could see that is uh, you know, possibly making it look like uh, Seth Rollins has a glass eye now. And uh, you know, he's he's gone for, you know, two weeks and then comes back with a glass eye. I don't know. I just don't like this all the way around. I mean, just it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not, uh, if, if it's, if they go the CGI route and if it's not done properly, it's just going to look, it's going to look dumb. 
right? Unfortunately. Um, yeah. Going from the ridiculous in wrestling here, Carl, to something a little bit more realistic in wrestling, we're talking yep. some New Japan and uh, some New Japan Cups. So basically this whole tournament is wrapped up and things have uh, ramped up uh, continuing on here. So first of all, um, the, the final for the New Japan Cup happened. Uh, Evil defeating Okada for the New Japan Cup. Um, yes. I did not see that result um, going into this. You know, when we first saw the brackets and we're breaking this down, I did not anticipate that result. Before you go any further. Yeah. Okay, just bear with me for a second. Sure. Here, okay. Well, oh, there we go. Big Joe decides to tell me that uh, there's no audio coming through on that. So yeah. let me fix this just for a second here. I don't know why I had selected to share audio as well. It came through um, briefly and then it went away. Okay, let me try this again. Let was me just, see. I here. was waiting to see if it was going to come through. One of the uh, benefits of doing stuff for your life, folks, things can be unpredictable. We'll see if we can get it here this time. So let's see if this works this time. Um, I do have it set so that it will share audio, it tells me. So let's take a look and see. Still just the uh, the visual on it. Well, I don't know what's uh, what's going on there, people. So I am... Sorry about that. It happens. It happens. I'm getting the audio come through on hmm. uh, my headset here, which I mean that that kind of sucks here. Um, it is what it is. But yeah, um, Evil defeating Okada uh, to win the New Japan Cup here, Carl. That was uh, again not the result that I had anticipated going into this. Uh, I mean, I saw one half of that going into that final, but uh, I sure didn't. Um, see evil get into that final and on top of that didn't see him beating okada and seeing him win the new japan cup and (laughs) seeing him join bullet club so i mean wow i mean they 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 did a lot of stuff they're really pushing this guy here carl i did not see this coming you know what i i really didn't either this was uh totally way out of left field which you know mm-hmm. what i'm okay with that this was fantastic all around uh the entire new japan cup uh and now you know coming down to uh to this i mean just a fantastic final match and then yep. uh like to see that turn at the end wow like i yep. like I'm, I'm blown away by the entire thing that's really happened here but wait, there's more going around this okay. because uh, New Japan Cup finished and uh, in New Japan Cup style, typically around this time, it would have been uh, New Year's Dash, which ended up uh, being New Japan Cup this year and then followed the next night by Dominion, which is one of their big shows. Uh, so Dominion happened. Again, we had, uh, well, this final thing you noticed uh, if you're watching that video that there were fans in, in the audience, a significant number of fans actually, and they were there for Dominion as well. Uh, but at the end of uh, the New Japan Cup there when uh, Evil won, uh, Naito came out and uh, and spoke to him in Japanese, so I didn't really get the gist of what he was saying, but uh, kind of uh, put his fist up and then Evil went to go put his fist up and then changed it to the, the two suite and basically took Naito out. So, yep, he ended up challenging um, Naito for Dominion, and then mm-hmm. uh, Evil ended up um, winning that match So because Naito was the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship and the Intercontinental Championship. It was winner takes all. So Evil is now New Japan Pro Wrestling's very first triple champion. He is the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, champion the 
Intercontinental Champion and the Never uh, Open Six Man Tag Champion. Uh, this guy yes. is draped in gold. Uh, they have decided to push Evil all the way to the top. I did not see this coming at all here, Carl. And uh, they they are really putting some weight behind this guy. Interesting to see. They definitely are. Now yep. I know that our fan and friend here, Don Lewis, was uh, was enjoying that matchup. I, I've done a little something here. I'm gonna try this one more time, and I okay. guarantee you this will work. Okay. All right. Well, that one we can't use for copyright reasons. My goodness. <laughs> we, we, we are just you know, batting a thousand it today. Happens. This is not working out. Uh, you know what I will do is I will get it and I will put it onto our Facebook page there for everybody go. because, um, yeah. like, honestly, this was just, just super fantastic uh, to see um, everything that really happened and went down. I mean, it was yeah. just... Uh, bloody fantastic. I was, I was super <laughs> impressed with it all. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now, now, I mean, like evil, really, really like never, never would I have thought that evil would be the first ever first ever to hold three championships yep wow really something and again just uh, briefly uh for our listeners and uh, viewers who are maybe mainly wwe um watchers uh if you are interested in diving into new japan pro wrestling um hit um I would say uh, hit, mainly hit myself up, uh, message uh, me on, on Facebook, and I can kind of uh, steer you in the right direction to subscribe for uh, New Japan World. It's, it's not difficult. Uh, their page is a little um, outdated, I will say, um, but it is pretty easy to figure out once you uh, get the uh, the hang of it, and there's just a ton of content uh, there, all the current stuff, and then you can go all the way back as well. So, yeah, if you're interested in New Japan uh, uh, Pro Wrestling, hit me up, and I can uh, help you guys uh, sign up for that network. All right, Carl, uh, next up, we have some AEW stuff to cover here. And this is one that uh, I'm sure probably have you a little hot uh, around the collar here. But uh, <laughs> Mr. Chris Jericho uh, saying that uh, his match with Orange Cassidy at Fighter Fest was one of the best matches that he's had in the last 30 years. What is your take on this? Uh, did you watch this match? And what did you think? I did watch this match, and I think that Jericho is just doing what Jericho does, and mm -hmm. he is trying to build. Mm -hmm. That's all. That's all he's doing. I don't yeah. think that he legitimately. Um, I don't think that that was his best match in thirty years. I don't believe that. I believe what he's doing is he's trying to give a push mm -hmm. to Orange Cassidy right now. I can see that approach. Um, Watching the match, though, and just watching Jericho's mannerisms and his attitude in the ring, I could tell that he was having a blast in there. Um, and for those... That's right. I could say maybe it was his most fun match yeah. in the last 30 yeah. years, but his best... Yeah. Mm. And for those who like to, to hate or to over-criticize Orange Cassidy, uh, this is a, a match I would definitely uh, steer you uh, to go and watch because, I mean... He looked pretty damn good in there, Carl. Now, was he? Did he look like he was going to be a legitimate threat to beat Chris Jericho in this match? I would say probably not. But I mean, Chris Jericho made him look really good, and 
Cassidy sold his ass off for Jericho as well. I mean, um, oh, yeah. I thought this was a really well executed match. I mean, when, when it comes to how a uh, professional wrestling match is built and how it kind of plays out, I mean, this is kind of one on one when it comes to this. And I thought that they both did fantastic. And I think it just shows that uh, for people who think that Orange Cassidy can't wrestle, I mean, obviously that's not the case here, Carl. The, the do can work. That's the difference right now, right? Is that in this matchup, Orange Cassidy worked. He didn't just do mm-hmm. this entire stupid gimmick of yep. hands in the pocket and, yep. y- you know, like uh, very slow and sluggishly moving mm-hmm. around. And n- yep. like he worked, he yeah. wrestled. <laughs> and I think that is exactly the reason why. I, I've never been a huge Orange Cassidy fan, yep. but I, I enjoyed this matchup because yep. he was working and not just doing all the stupid gimmicky crap. And I think that that's the key to actually making his his character work is that you know he can do that comedy shtick for a good portion of the time, and then it's like you know okay somebody needs to kind of lay a fire under his ass and it you know then the the wrestler orange cassidy kind of comes out because i mean this this guy is legitimately trained he actually has a, a, a lucha libre kind of a background so yeah i mean it's it's interesting it's been interesting because a lot of people have kind of quote-unquote hopped in the bandwagon with this guy now they're like oh you know, orange cassidy's right. really good i'm like i've been putting this guy over for, for quite a while i'm like just wait I mean, just give the guy a chance i mean he can clearly work when he when he wants to and for those hating and saying that he can't wrestle period uh oh. I, I, I say those people are incorrect that's yeah i mean yeah. Uh, like i've said i'm not a huge fan of orange cassidy but i mean i'm not going to go as far as saying that the the kid can't wrestle mm-hmm. that the kid can't work because he definitely can yep. he did show that in this matchup with chris jericho he can work he yep. definitely can um maybe calm down on a little but you're right i mean going with the with the, with the comedy sometimes and mm-hmm. then going with the legitimacy of professional wrestling, he can work both. And it's nice to see that in, in a big caliber type of matchup, like at fighter fest or any other pay-per-view that they decide to have. I know that this wasn't a pay-per-view, but any type of big match type of environment, Mm -hmm. he can work and put the effort out, which I'm happy about. So you had just mentioned something up over ramp as a side topic here, since we, we do have time. We're clipping along pretty good on this episode here as for our topics. Um, your thoughts on Fighter Fest and then coming up soon as well, uh, Fight for the Fallen. I mean, uh, typically these would be, like you had mentioned, pay-per-view type things. These are happening on television for free. Um, I think this is a great move by AEW. I think it's a fantastic move. Yeah. What, what better way to build your business? Yeah. I mean, I, I really don't think that right now they're in a position uh, to be charging their fans for, for pay-per-view. So I think that this was a, um, a smart move business-wise uh, to make this uh, available. Because, I mean, a lot of people, um, I, I know myself uh, included, that uh, you know, this is already something that we have to pay for extra on our cable package. So, you know, we're already paying a bit of a premium uh, as it is. So I'm not sure exactly how that works down in the in the U.S. market. But, uh, yeah, I, I think this is a, um, a great thing, essentially making these episodes of, of Dynamite. I've been digging it. Yeah, me too. I so. honestly have been. This has been fantastic. I mean, your big caliber matchups, your big shows that are supposed to be on pay-per-view, you're giving them to the people for free. That's the best way in my books right now to do it, especially to continue to get the company over as fully legitimate because they're going to see, wow, that was pay-per-view quality yeah. that they gave us for free. 
Okay. So in a year's time, when they're offering pay-per-views for people to buy, they're going to be like, well, if they gave us that type of a pay-per-view show on cable television, I have to buy now because what are they going to pull out? Yep. Right. For sure. And uh, it even looks like uh, the, 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 the most recent comment here, it looks like, you know, we've gained another Orange Cassidy fan in Don Lewis. There you go. That's a win. That's a, that's a big win. <laughs> All right, here, Carl, another one uh, coming up next here that uh, I know um, is going to make steam coming out of your ears, uh, since you're a fan of uh, the original, I guess, possibly. Um, yeah, uh, we're talking, is Matt Riddle the next Shawn Michaels? Uh, that's the, the, the way I have the topic written here. Is Mr. Matt Riddle the next Shawn Michaels? Um, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> What? Are you kidding me right now? Right. Seriously? Is is that like seriously? Yep. Seriously. Uh, that, that's the legitimately um, how Vince feels about uh, Mr. Matthew Riddle. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, as you can see right there, uh, you know, photo of Matt Riddle, photo of Shawn Michaels well, side by side. Beyond physically. Vince McMahon says Riddle is the next Michaels. Mm. Yeah. I, I would have to disagree. Um no, no, he's not. What about attitude wise? I mean, looks wise, I mean, it's hard to make a comparison. How about attitude and, uh, you know, a like character work? I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Character work, no. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Attitude wise, okay. So, so from, from some of the stuff that I've been hearing and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and seeing from uh, the boys in the back, yeah. attitude wise, as a person, attitude, yeah, 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 yeah. From mm-hmm. from you know when Shawn Michaels was that age, back mm-hmm. in his prime, doing the work, um, to Matt Riddle nowadays in the backstage doing the work. Um, yeah, if if you were to compare the two of them at their their ages or at their prime or whatever you want to call it, um, they share the same attitude, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But. And, and not a good attitude no. either. Uh, but anything else? No. I, yeah. I do not see any comparison at all when it comes to that. Yeah. I'm kind of on in the same boat as you when it comes to that. Um, you know, looks-wise, obviously, there's no, definitely no similarity. Um, and character-wise, I mean, they're completely different characters. Uh, attitude-wise is where, where I do think I, I see the similarity. And as I stated before, though, to be successful in this business and, and a lot of times kind of in any kind of business, if you really want to get up to that next tier, sometimes you got to be a bit of a dick. Sometimes. Sometimes you got to be a bit of a dick. And um, but t- today, do you think yeah. that that's really going to work or, or do you think you're going to get a bunch of these younger uh, talent that, that could, quote unquote, possibly be snowflakes? Yep. And um, really cause some some controversy to yeah. happen that just, uh, you know, then kind of pushes yeah. Matt Riddle out the door. I think it's going to have the opposite effect. I think he's going to, this is going to make him stand up from the crowd. He's going to be the, the, the guy that, hey, I'm, you know, I'm the no BS character. I'm not, you know, the easily offended type. I'm, I'm the kind, I'm here to be a successful person in not just professional wrestling in, in specifically here in WWE. I'm, I'm here to make noise. I'm here to, to be successful. If you don't like it too friggin' bad, you know, he's, he's there to, to 
to do what, what he what he's done. He's one, he's in my opinion he's one of the guys that's made a successful transition from MMA to professional wrestling. He makes it believable. There's some that <laughs> Shayna Baszler uh, that that don't um, you know make it look believable. Ronda Rousey's another one uh, that that doesn't make it believable. You know, I, there's some other examples I could think of. Uh, Tom Lawler is another good re- recent example. A guy that's yeah. transitioned from MMA over to professional wrestling has done it very successful. He looks believable in that ring. And of course, you know the big standout one is Mr. Brock Lesnar, probably right. one of the best that can just bounce back and forth at will and be successful and be top level. Uh, either or yeah. so yeah. I, I mean I, I, I think that you know the um, the ceiling is uh, unlimited for for Matt Riddle in uh, not just in WWE but I think in professional wrestling and I think that his attitude and his persona and whatnot I think is going to really make him and is already making him kind of stand out now just to, to make brief mention too because I know a lot of people are probably thinking about and just not seeing it you know these allegations uh, with him and uh, this woman that was supposedly he's basically admitted to to having an affair um, but at the same time you know he is denying any kind of wrongdoing and I mean clearly um, I, I'm, I'm inclined to, to believe him um, it seems like he does kind of like have a stalker on his hands and that's kind of unfortunate but hopefully that'll get her in control you know and this guy can kind of just focus on uh, being a top-notch professional wrestler which I, I think that he is definitely on his way to I mean and, and another reason why I have some respect for him as a pro wrestler is he came up and he worked um, he did it the hard way here Carl uh, you know, he's, he wrestled for yeah. a lot of, uh, uh, independent promotions or worked as we up. It this wasn't just handed to him. He had to work for it. And that's why I do have some respect for Mr. Matthew Riddle. Well, there you go. I, uh, I share different sentiments, <laughs> but, yep. um, here we go. King Mo in MLW now it's laughable. So bad. <laughs> yeah. You know what? <laughs> some just, some it just doesn't yeah. work. So then it just it, that's work. that's just another another one coming from you know from a different world into the world of professional wrestling and uh, just just not being able to hack it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe like maybe he needs to go back and train a little bit more, do do something right. But yeah, I mean, uh, again, another one, King Mo MLW. So yep. totally, totally, yeah. <clears throat> All right, Carl, uh, for our next one here. So well, for before we get to the next one, yeah. uh, um, I know what the next one is. I got the run here. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think maybe we should take a quick uh, commercial break oh, sure. here. And uh, then we'll come back in for the last, uh, or it's going to be a listener question mm-hmm. that we have that we're starting to do a little bit more because we're getting more of them. So we're going to do our listener question, sure. our match of the week, and then to our showstopper segment. Sounds good. So stay tuned and we will be right back. Wrestling, a love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand, the wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. The 
dictionary defines hero as a person who is admired or idealized for courage, outstanding achievements, or noble qualities. Being a hero in life is far more than words printed on a page. It takes an unwavering code, a compass that points true north, always. And in times like these, it takes sacrifice. Hero shouldn't be a word defined by a dictionary. It's a word that should be defined by the best of us. Hero has a new definition. guys welcome back after our brief little commercial break uh one from our sponsors over at color and elbow brand.com again go and check them out uh you want 10 percent off your entire order use promo code jk podcast and just a shout out to our newest uh associate and sponsor here phoenix fnxfit.com looking for health and workout supplements go and check them out you want 15% off use promo code tbtalkpod and then our second little commercial there we saw something that joe has actually been a part of diamond paranormal investigations uh they are going to be i believe weekly doing a uh, video podcast and uh, that was just a little commercial for diamond paranormal a uh, paranormal uh research company that is uh, starting up here locally in sault saint marie so wanted to give them a little bit of a shout out too there you go all right, Carl, for our listener question here. Now, this is um, kind of an interesting one here because, you know, not just your typical wrestling fan or your, your, your fan that's like in the bubble that we like to, to kind of uh, say, you know, that knows a lot about professional wrestling. There are other people who are interested in Turnbuckle Talk as well, you know, when it comes to, to casual fans and people who are not necessarily non-fans, but just kind of occasionally see the odd match kind of here and there. Uh, this question, I think, is definitely for the latter, because um, it may seem like kind of a silly question, but I think it's still worth bringing up uh, to kind of educate some people that are new to professional wrestling, because not everybody is a lifelong fan and been watching this for a long time. There are some new people that are, are looking to kind of gain some understanding about this, and I think this definitely falls into that category. And we are talking, is blood in professional wrestling real? And I guess the simplest way to kind of say it initially here, uh, the blood itself, is it real? Um, yes. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. So as you guys can see right over there, okay, I've got a, uh, a little design good, that I good examples had done there. up here. Blood some and pro examples. wrestling. Um, you can see there is uh, the top row there. Yep. Uh, Dustin Rhodes in Stone Cold Steve Austin and then Cody Rhodes and in the bottom row we've got Chris Jericho we've got Ric Flair and we've got the legendary Undertaker yep. two of those photos you can see Cody and Chris Jericho they are stitched up yeah big time okay so yep. meaning meaning what happened they got cut open 
And when you get cut open, what's going to happen? You are going yeah. to bleed. You definitely are. Um, there, there are two ways for blood to happen in professional wrestling here, Carl. Yes. And uh, the simplest way to kind of word it is you can bleed the easy way or you can bleed <laughs> the hard way. Um, I'll let you discuss the easy way and I'll discuss the hard way. Uh, what is the way to bleed the easy way in professional wrestling, Carl? Well, are, are, are you talking the uh, uh, the self way? That would be oh, the easy oh, way. Oh. That would be the easy way. Okay. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got to laugh here and put this up. Yeah. He almost made the graphic. Yeah. Almost. Um, yeah, he didn't make the graphic. Actually, I think, I think possibly. Let me see here. Uh, nope, he didn't. No, he but didn't. I got a little bit more down Wait, there. Wait, Hulk Sheamus Hogan? And, Hulk uh, Hogan and made that? Hulk Hogan that's, as well. That's a bunch of crap. Um, but, I mean, the easy way is called juicing. Yeah. Uh, that's what they call it in, in, in the business is juicing. So essentially yeah. uh, you'll notice a lot of the guys wear um, tape around their wrists mm-hmm. and uh, the easy way is taking a razor blade and uh, breaking off just a corner of the razor blade and um, taping it across. Um, yeah. Yeah, Don, we are, <laughs> we are, <laughs> That's what we do yep. here on Turnbuckle Talk. We yep. keep it real for yep. everyone. Um, but that's that's one of the one of the ways that they do it. They yep. uh, they literally just take the razor blade, and then when it comes time, uh, you'll notice that they get hit or or they're down on the on the mat, and then uh, the camera pans away. But they actually take that little razor blade out, yep. and then they'll make they'll make a cut like up here usually right at the hairline yeah or uh they'll they'll take like in the folds like if you if you raise up your like open up your eyes real big you got those like folds those lines that are there a little slice inside that line as well um and i i even know some people that have even done it just just over the eyebrow Mm -hmm. um because it's uh it's a little bit of a meatier part there right so you do it just over the eyebrow not under the eyebrow because it's too close to your damn eye, <laughs> just over your eyebrow, and uh, that can get the same effect. So yep. that there, ladies and gentlemen, is um, a little bit of trade secret, and that yep. is the easy way to do it. Yep. Big Joe, take it away with the hard way. The hard way is kind of what you would uh, think, and uh, some newer people probably aren't expecting this. So the hard way to bleed is just that. Um, it's getting cut open for real. Uh, looking at the, the graphic here, um, you won't see this if you're listening on audio, but uh, for our video listeners here, um, I would say Cody, uh, Jericho, and Seamus, those are examples of getting cut open the hard way. Those are just legitimately getting cut open, whether it be by accident or whether it be planned uh, sometimes. Um, those are legitimate cuts that are uh Pretty gruesome sometimes, especially looking at Cody and uh, and Sheamus there. Sheamus, I think, uh, especially that one was a pretty uh, uh, deep and gruesome cut. Another good example, going back a few plus years, would have been um, would have been Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton. Um, that was an example of um, Randy getting cut the hard way with a legitimate elbow to to the head there. So, yeah, yeah. Um, that's about the best way that we can kind of explain it. Um, in both ways, the, the blood is definitely 100% real. You know, it's not ketchup packets or, uh, you know, blood packs. Uh, I, I think that there have been rare cases where something like that may have been used. 
But I mean, in your traditional sense, when it comes to bleeding in pro wrestling, it's 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 the it's the wrestler's blood. I mean, there's just it's a hard thing to fake. Let's put it that way. Yeah, definitely it is. So, it's a very hard thing to fake. So yeah, a good question there uh, from one of our, our newer listeners uh, slash uh, viewers. So you, you got a little bit of a education when it comes to um, bleeding and wrestling. Uh, and Mikey was saying uh, catching a Lesnar elbow. Yep, yeah, absolutely. I just uh, made reference to that. All right, man. Uh, next up here, we have our match of the week segment. And I think you've typically been uh, kind of going first on these. So I I'll, have been, so I'll, you go first. I'll go first this week. And my match of the week, uh, you would think, would be coming from New Japan Pro Wrestling because I've been watching a lot of that lately. But uh, that is actually not the case this week. I'm going to go outside of New Japan for my pick this week. And I'm going to go to AEW. And I'm going to actually reference an earlier topic uh, when it comes to my pick here. My match of the week is actually the main event from day two of Firefest uh, AEW. We're talking Mr. Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. Uh, I enjoyed the hell out of this match. I thought both guys did fantastic. This was a great, uh, just the way that the match was executed, um, it, it played out like a, a match in that scenario should play out. And both guys looked fantastic. Uh, Cassidy uh, actually worked in that match, sold his ass off for Jericho, and vice versa. Chris Jericho, you know, definitely sold his ass off for, uh, for Orange Cassidy. But, I mean, it was still... Just the way that they pulled it off was very good because, I mean, it was still um, a dominant Chris Jericho victory. Yeah. But just to, I don't know how to kind of put into words. It was it, it was executed well. I, I think uh, the, the key person in this is Jericho. Um, and, you know, he really kind of yeah. pushed uh, Cassidy to, to work in this match. But still, he looked like the overpowering uh, victor in this match. It just the, the way that they, they pulled it off was very impressive. And um, and you could tell that uh, they both guys were having fun in there. Uh, a little in, insider there, peak as well. But uh, you could tell that they, they were both digging that match. And I guarantee oh, yeah. you that uh, Orange got a little attaboy from uh, Mr. Chris Jericho on that. Because like we had mentioned, uh, he Chris claims that this is one of the best matches he's had in the last three decades, which is saying quite a bit given his uh, resume and the matches that he's done. So... Exactly. Definitely. So, so there you I, go. That's I, my I, pick. I agree. I, I definitely agree. That is a fantastic match of the week. Yep. Mine is not coming from AEW as mine usually do. Mine is actually coming from Impact Wrestling, believe it or not, right? <laughs> mine blown. Mine wow. blown. What you got? What you got? Sammy Callahan hmm. and Josh Alexander yeah. from nice. the North. So we're looking, um, coming up at Slammiversary, we're going to have Josh Alexander and Ethan Page uh, putting the tag team championships on the line against Sammy Callahan and, oh, Ken Shamrock. Hmm. So we're looking, you know, and they've been, you know, kind of doing back and forth stuff like this. And uh, this week we had Sammy Callahan going up against Josh Alexander. So a mm. little preview to the slam anniversary event. Um, I'm okay. So I, I have to say that I'm not a fan of this uh, thumbs up, thumbs down thing that Sammy Callahan does. I'm just, <laughs> I'm not, it's, it's old. It's been done. Yeah. Um, you know, the WWE did it with, you know, triple H and Batista and Randy Orton and all of this stuff. It's just been overworked. I'm not a fan of that, but Sam Callahan and the work he does in the ring is fantastic. Uh, this whole thing that he's been doing with like a, uh, 
uh, with like a cell phone or, or whatever it is. And like he, he pushes something on it. The lights go dark and, and he's there and he pushes it again after the match. And then he's gone. Um, 100% like that is freaking cool. I'm loving that. Sammy is so money says Mikey. Oh yeah, I, I agree. He yep. definitely is. Yep. Um, I'm just not a fan of this whole thumbs up, thumbs down thing. I mean, I just, I haven't been whatever. I can look past that yeah. to see the actual work that this guy is doing inside that ring. And this matchup that he had with uh, Josh Alexander was just fantastic. I, I can't say enough about this. Like if yeah. you haven't seen it, I'm sure it's out there on YouTube or something. Go and find it. Yeah, Sammy, uh, definitely a great example of a, uh, a tremendous ball drop um, with his time in, in WWE. Um, a guy that, uh, you know, obviously had all the the talent and all the potential in the world and just not seen by the the big company while he was there and actually that, that brings up just a, a brief piece of breaking news i, I guess uh, that is worth bringing up uh most of it is not really noteworthy or kind of uh, what we like to talk about a lot of it is dirt sheet oriented this week but yep. one that i do want to bring up is that um mr vince mcmahon reportedly has a lot of buyer's remorse when it comes to uh to recent mm-hmm. talent which is uh Kind of interesting, and the um, the talents specifically being named here are um, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, and Mr. Mike Bennett. Um, yeah, I mean, the Gallows is, an, is is kind of an odd one because I mean he worked for the company before, and we had mentioned before that when he came back the second time, uh, Vince had actually forgotten who he was. Right. So that in itself kind of makes me wonder about that process. Like, I, I mean, are they not aware of kind of what's going on when they're signing or re-signing these people? Like, are they really seriously losing track of who's who? Like, and I mean, and it, and it always makes me scratch my head when you bring these people, you know, like EC3, you know, like Eric Young. I mean, if you didn't really have anything planned for these guys coming in, why did you bother signing them? I, I just I don't understand. If if you don't have any plans, what are you doing? Uh, and just, it's, it was just it, to make noise. It was just to take them away from the companies that oh, they were with because they were yeah. drawing, they were making money, yep. they were doing good for those companies. And uh, it just seems like <clears throat> Vince McMahon doesn't want any other professional wrestling besides world wrestling yeah. entertainment yeah. to be out there. Yep. So... Yeah, I mean that's that's all I can see for that. And um, the only other noteworthy one to bring up briefly is that uh, I've been seeing this pop up all over the place. Is that uh, Mr. Bruce Pritchard, Carl? He's getting tired. He's tired. Well, look at everything that he does. Wouldn't you be tired too? <laughs> the, look at the the segment that that's being produced, like these karaoke. Uh, segments and this is all pre-taped right. stuff. Imagine if this guy was having to do live television in that role, he would. There's no chance. Uh, I don't think that this guy sees the end of the year in this role here, Carl. I don't think so either. Honestly, I think <laughs> if he can't handle season. this, he can't handle real weekly television. No chance in hell. No, no, so, no, no. It, yeah. it was a very, very bad move to throw him in there. I mean, the guy has done so much already and, and continues to do so much backstage and then to pile yeah. something else on top of yeah. it. I mean, it's, it's just you're good. overworking the guy. That's I think that's what it boils down to. And then yep. he's just kind of reliving back into days when, you know, this stuff worked, uh, you know, the pillow matches and, and the dance offs and, you know, like that that type of crap that was happening mm-hmm. um yeah like i mean that's 
Yep, that's, that, that's all I can think of. Mike, you're bringing up a, a bit of a good one there. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, from what I've seen, he is uh, currently still signed with Ring of Honor. That uh, that has not changed. Um, that's right. And as we still stayed, in a backstage role. Yep, uh, Marty's um, definitely uh, somebody that uh, actually has some control there. And as we stated before, AEW, and at least in my personal opinion, uh, would have been a bad mood for him because he would just be that mid comedy guy in the in the uh, in the elite so um yeah. ring of honor is the right place for him when it comes to uh at least his career for the time being definitely is is he not booking yes i believe i believe right so yeah. oblivious so yeah. i mean well, he's not right guy. at this moment obviously because they don't really have any new content coming right. out but uh but yeah he's but yeah i mean he's, he's got a good backstage role booking yeah. right now um making the money that he needs to making appearances on tv when he has to so things are things are not uh not too too bad there yeah all right carl um do you want to take a, another brief break and come back with our showstopper segment or do you want to go right into the showstopper this week right into it Let's right go. into it all right so this one um kind of hints at Briefly, what we were talking before, and we're talking. Then uh, this is something that we've discussed before on this program here. Uh, this blood feud between MMA fans and and pro wrestling fans, and uh, it definitely is still uh, the, the case uh, when it comes to this. And I think it really does stand more with the fans than it does with the people actually involved in what's going on. I think that that's um, been a comment there for a long time. I don't think that there's as much hate between the wrestlers and the fighters as it is with the fans, especially in this age of social media. I mean, it's still pretty rabid sometimes. There's some people that, uh, it, it seems to be uh, very split though. There are people that legitimately like both, or there's people that are decisively on one end and the other one is just garbage. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is still pretty <laughs> rampant, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, like like you alluded to there, the workers and stuff, they're they're all fine with it. Mm-hmm. Um, e- even even the owners and promoters, like I I don't believe that there's really any beef between, let's say, Vince McMahon. Don't believe so. And uh, you know, like uh, Dana Dana mm-hmm. White, you know, or between Dana White and you know the Khan family or anything like that, right? Like there's there's no heat between any of them at all. No, this is all just fans you know results from the day and age of the internet yeah that's what it is keyboard warriors that are going out there and uh trying to make a feud out of something that there is no feud in right if you like one you don't have to like the other but you don't have to express that either just enjoy the product that you're that you're watching, whether yeah. it's professional wrestling or whether it's MMA. No, I mean, are, are you looking for just 15 minutes of fame? I think that's pretty much what it is with a lot of these people. Yep. is that they're just looking for 15 minutes of fame. To play devil's advocate just a little bit here, of where I think there's a bit of an issue, and um, I, I can definitely share this uh, sentiment. I've actually ex- expressed it a few times on this uh, program here that when some of these um, MMA fighters cross over to professional wrestling, um, if they don't do it well, and especially if they try and be too MMA, it looks very, very hokey. And I am pointing my sp- Finger specifically at Miss Ronda Rousey and Miss Shayna Baszler. Um, yeah. When you've seen them do what they do in professional wrestling in a MMA context or vice versa, uh, the professional wrestling version just looks, and I hate to use the word, it looks fake. 
it looks fake, especially when yep. you see arm bars and stuff like that, where clearly you're moving the arm in the direction that's supposed to be, and it, it shouldn't hurt. And the other person's that kind of stuff drives me crazy. Uh, and there are some that, that make it look believable. Like, like I'd mentioned, uh, Mr. Matt Riddle is very, very good at it. Um, Robbie Lawler, uh, no, not uh, uh, I'm thought, talking uh, Tom Lawler. Robbie yes. Lawler is uh, uh, an MMA guy who hasn't uh, come over. I'm talking Tom Lawler. Um, yeah, some of those guys do it very, very well, and then there are some that, that don't. And so I, I can definitely see uh, that side of the argument. But when it comes to just back and forth, I mean, it's all the fans. And uh, there are some – and the, the biggest one that I see that pops up all the time is MMA fans saying, oh, professional wrestlers, they're just jumping around on a trampoline. They, 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 that's the one that always kind of comes up. Oh, the, the pro wrestling ring, it's just a big trampoline. You have right. clearly never been or set foot inside of a pro wrestling ring. It is not that's a trampoline, right. folks. <laughs> so, yeah, no, And no, I can no. speak it's, for that myself. It's steel and, and wood. That's, it's, that's what it is. It's pretty solid. Steel and wood with, with a thin little piece yeah. of foam in between uh, the wood and, and the uh, ring apron or the ring mat. Yeah. Uh, like, that's, that's it. Yep. Um, briefly, I want to touch on here the keyboard warrior situation. Yeah. Okay, so I, I I need to give I need to give big uh, props to Cody Cody Rhodes mm. on this, and uh, this is something of a li- little bit of breaking news, I guess. But uh, somebody's gone on to Twitter, um, and and this is what they wrote, and I'm gonna I'm gonna skew uh, some uh, uh, a word that's in here. Um, just because it's not a word that I, I uh, you know, like to use here, but it says seriously at Cody Rhodes. This is uh, this is supposed to come. This is supposed to compete with WWE now. You having a match with this low class gay man. Oh he's boy. a joke. Oh boy. It started. It started with a letter F. OK, um, he's a joke that I'll never take seriously. He twerks in the ring like a stripper. One of his moves is banging his face, banging your face into his ass. Really? So this is Cody Rhodes' response to this. This is terrible, and you're not worth the signal boost. But I'll make it clear to fans worldwide, if you have a problem with a gay man receiving a title shot, you can kiss my ass. I'm proud to share the ring with Sonny Kiss. Wow. Again, coming back to these, you know, keyboard warriors that just want their 15 minutes of fame. Well, this person's now got it because we just gave them like two minutes. Yeah. Um, Again, (laughs) huge props to Cody for the way that he went about this. I mean, he could have gone about it a number of different ways. And I'm super happy that he took the high ground on that. So, yeah. Yeah. And one, uh, uh, one last thing before we do wrap it up here, Carl, I don't, I'm not yeah. sure why that this comment didn't uh, appear on our, uh, our stream yard uh, chat here, but I'll, I'll bring it up. Uh, our friend, uh, Mr. Rick Vickery, or as he calls himself now, Mr. Richard Bronson Vickery. I'm still not used to calling him that. Uh, and he's obviously referring to by match of the week here. And uh, I will quote him here. That match was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, Mr. Rick Vickery, why don't we do this next week on turnbuckle talk? You come onto the program and you tell me in person why that was so awful. Hey, I'm I'm cool with that. There we go. Yeah, so we'll, Mr. Richard, we'll try, we'll try to make that happen. Is okay with that? We will we will definitely make that happen. As go. I'm sure he will be because well, 
he likes his guys from the north. <laughs> yeah, we might even uh, maybe make that uh, kind of like a showstopper segment, or we'll uh, we'll see what we can do there, and then we'll bring Mister uh, Mister RBV onto uh, Termical Talk here. I think we're due to to have uh, one of our friends uh, on the the podcast, anyways. So. Yeah, I I will definitely just sit back in this, and I will let the two of you <laughs> go toe to toe. I will just run yeah. the social media aspect <laughs> of things in the background yeah. here. I'll run the background show. And I will definitely let uh, Big go. Joe and Mr. Richard Bronson Vickery uh, bicker back and forth <laughs> as to why Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy was or was not a good matchup. There you go. I'm I'm so down for that. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm pumped now. I yeah, am looking be forward to this. It'll be good. All right. So, yeah, uh, that about wraps up. And then we have something to look forward to next week as well. And then hopefully, you know, as always, there's usually a bevy of uh, topics to cover. And I'm sure there will be uh, in the coming week. So we'll uh, do that. And like Carl just mentioned, we'll uh, bring Rick on and uh, we'll have some fun there. Um, anything else you want to bring up before we uh, call it a show here, Carl? Definitely I do. I want to bring up our social media at TB Talk Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And our contest that we will be having, if you were here at the beginning of the show, you were able to hear it. If you came in the middle of the show, you're hearing it now. What we're going to be doing is we want the page to grow, our Facebook page at TB Talk Pod. We want it to grow to 500 people. What we need from you is go and share the page. Tell your friends, invite them, whatever you need to do. Send us a message letting us know that you have done that, and I'm going to keep a running tally of all the names that send me a message over our Facebook page. From there, once we hit 500 people, we will live on screen show you the results and who is going to win. And what are they going to win? They're going to win an autographed photo from Jake the Snake Roberts shipped to them for free. We will cover that cost for you as well. They will get to be a guest host on the show. That's a pretty sweet deal. Um, if I was a fan listening, I think I would definitely be in for that. All right, man. I guess we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up for this week and we'll see you guys on the next one. Have a nice day. It's me, it's me, it's an Arvin B to B. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And I invite everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows here. You can find that all at HittingTheMarks.com. Run.